Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. We are joined today by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? You know, as someone who has hosted a whole bunch of podcasts, when you get used to the saying the opening intro a hundred thousand times yeah. in a row, and you stumble over the simplest thing, I, I uh, couldn't think of what my Twitter handle was. <laughs> it, it completely throws you <laughs> off. It, you forget everything else after that because suddenly it, this thing that is supposed to be automatic coming out of your mouth uh, gets broken, and you lose the you get disconnected. You can't remember it. Anything it's like that. I skipped a word. I'm like, crap. I, I forgot how to go. That's all right. Well, we're going to leave it in here. We're going to push through. We're going to push through. I shouldn't yeah, even gonna, brought it up. Uh, I'm it, doing good. I'm, I'm excited about these changes that we're going to talk about. I mean, we, we got a whole bunch of information kind of just dropped in our lap yesterday in an offhanded uh, conversation yeah. between mate media. It's pretty exciting. I was going to say, I, 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 I still have a little bit of a cold, so I was sitting down. <laughs> My wife made me some tea last night. I checked Twitter and everything just exploded. So we're going to talk about... Mike McCarthy's little press conference yesterday uh, and what it means for the Cowboys going forward. Let's start with the biggest news of the day, which is that Kellen Moore, who was retained by Mark, Mike McCarthy, will be designing a lot of the offense and, more importantly, calling plays for the Dallas Cowboys in 2020. Uh, Lena, what is your initial reaction when you first heard that news? All right. First of all, I, I really do think we should put a caveat on, on in front of this at this point. There is a, 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 an outside chance that um, you know that, that Mike McCarthy is basically just saying what we want to hear. <laughs> because that's fair, yeah. Because I, it's starting to feel like that. Because some of this information that we're getting is just it's kind of it's gold, Jerry. It's 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 what yeah. we wanted to hear. It's it's you know it's it's really music to our ears. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us were were fine with the idea with Mike McCarthy calling plays. Uh, as long as we kept Kellen Moore. I think just keeping Kellen Moore was a big thing for us because, you know, look, despite all the things that happened last year, um, Kellen Moore calling his first season of, 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 spending his first season as an offensive coordinator calling plays was pretty magical. I mean, you know, just, I I think you, considering where things ended up, now there were some consistency issues that they need to fix. I mean, that's really, frankly, not that surprising with a first-year offense coordinator. Uh, and there's some, you know, there's some, obviously, I, I, I think now we can say some mindset by the head coach that needed to be reckoned with. And I think that maybe that's yep. that's a lot of what's going to change here. But I think that we all liked what Kellen Moore had done last season. And I think that, you know, I, I, it's hard not to if you just look at some of the results. And, 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 and even in the final results. Um, I think that Mike McCarthy allowing Kellen Moore to call plays is even more a step in a direction like excellent. And and I think it's not even just that, but, uh, you know, to me, it's the reason I do, kind of, I am going to kind of choose to believe this for now, that maybe this is like how he really feels, is first of all, why would, why would he go out of his way to say that when previously right. it made it sound like he was being... Uh, vague so that he could just call the plays himself. He, he basically had already opened the door to all of us accepting him calling plays. So, so why go back on that, right? Uh, a second, second of all, before he got the job, we heard him talk highly of Kellen yes. Moore. 
You know, I mean, I think yep. in the in the interview with uh, with Peter King, he spoke specifically about an RPO that he really liked that Kellen Moore had had designed uh, and showed some tape or whatever. Uh, and I think the third thing is, I I'm starting to get the idea that he has been well aware and following Kellen Moore for a while. And I point back to what I've been kind of screaming on Twitter for a little while. I I wonder how much. You know, in 1992, I think it was, Paul Hackett, who is Mike McCarthy's uh, 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 mentor, yep. uh, Chris Peterson, who's in the same tree as all these people through Jim Socher, and and Mike McCarthy were all on the same team at Pitt, basically, in the same offensive group. I'm starting to wonder that Mike McCarthy and Chris Peterson don't have an ongoing relationship, and they haven't been talking about Kellen Moore for a long time. And I'm actually interested to see, find that out because – I think that part of the, you know, part of this was him knowing that he wanted to go to a good team. But I'm also starting to wonder is if he wasn't drawn to this job by the opportunity to actually work with Kellen Moore. Well, I think was it McCarthy yesterday said that he was going to work with Kellen Moore one way or another, whether it was in Dallas or somewhere else. Like it, it sounded like that's the guy mm-hmm. that McCarthy targeted to be his offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. And whether he was in Cleveland or Washington or Dallas, that's who it was going to be. Uh, so that's interesting to me. Uh, one of the questions I have for you, and I think this is the big question kind of surrounding the, the Kellen Moore news. Do you believe this was a McCarthy decision, or do you think Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, had an influence on Kellen Moore potentially calling plays this season? Because if, if that's the answer, if that's the truth, then I'm a lot less excited about this move. But if it's not, then I'm all in on this Cowboys offense in 2020. I think it's I, important that we find that answer out, right? Are you saying that you'd be less excited if it was a Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones installation, forced installation versus yes, Mike McCarthy yes, choice? Yes, yes. Uh, well, I, uh, yes, I can understand that. I, just because we've seen that before, it, sure, it's not sure. unrealistic. I mean, that's, that's, to, that's, to, that's why with Jason Garrett. That could have happened. Yeah. I mean, that's the, essentially, I, 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 I wonder, I, I'm starting to wonder, I'm starting to see a way that it could, this could all be actually Mike McCarthy. I, I do, kind of see a path in which what Mike McCarthy saying is true. Because I, like I said, I I do wonder if there isn't a uh, coaching connection here that we that we're just not privy to. And it really wouldn't have to be very far for him to go. You know what I'm no, saying? No, in no, order no, to to like have have known and, and clearly, look, there's two ways to look at this. The absolutely cynical way uh, uh, and and to say that, you know, uh, Mike McCarthy, when he gave his interview to Peter King, included a Kellen Moore clip there because he wanted to, uh, you know, it, it, draw him closer to what the Cowboys were doing to make him an attractive candidate to be hired, right? Absolutely, or yep. he could honestly just love this kid and think that he's got some great ideas and uh, and is bringing that up. And, 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 and you know what? It could be a mixture of both. It really so, could be, yeah. So, so th- there, is, there could be some cynicism here, but I, it could also be that, hey – he, honest to God, likes what Kellen Moore's doing. He understands. I mean, look, there is also a, a little bit of utility to, to this, you know. Like he could be looking at the situation realistically and going, "Hey, I got to win right now. The, the standard for this team right now is not a rebuild. They fired this guy previously because they didn't make the playoffs by one game uh, in, in, a, in a competitive division. So I need to at least hit the ground running. And and maybe he realized that stepping in here and trying to change." Uh, 
uh, language to pure West Coast offense or, or, or to something that's just different than what the Cowboys are used to really could have prevented his ability to get going quickly and, and recognize that this is the best way to stay competitive immediately. Yeah. So I, I think that there is some utility involved in this. I don't think this is just about what people want you know, deepest in their hearts, but I think that we should all allow for the idea that maybe – Mike McCarthy has been uh, actually l- looking out and, and interested in working with Kellen Moore for a long time now. That this really is a, a potential match made in heaven. Yeah, I'm somebody who has always been a little bit pessimistic of this sure. front office and all sure. that kind of stuff. <laughs> but at the same time, McCarthy has hired and fired some guys that I really liked, right? So he got rid of a John Kitna, who was really good with, with Dak Prescott. Uh, he got rid of a Mark Colombo, who I thought was really good with this offensive line. It just feels like it would be weird to me if Jerry Jones said, hey, you can fire whoever you want except for Kellen Moore, or you can get rid of everybody you want. We want Kellen Moore calling plays. It just feels a little clunky to me. So I'm actually going to give the benefit of the doubt to McCarthy here that he was able to make the decisions on all of his coaching staff and what their roles are for this upcoming season, Uh, and that's why I'm optimistic about uh, what this could be going forward. Uh, let's real take quick, one real, quick break. Real, go real ahead. Quick. Let me present a third path, right? What if the whole idea was, and the reason this all went very quickly, is that Mike McCarthy came into the interview and said, hey, I want to keep and work with Kellen Moore as my offense. Uh, that seems very realistic. And, and, and then suddenly Jerry and Steven aren't having to push anybody on anybody. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and and they and they already like Kellen Moore, so of course they're gonna be okay with it. Maybe they weren't necessarily going to force Mike McCarthy to have Kellen Moore, but Ke- but Mike McCarthy came in here volunteering to keep Kellen Moore and yeah. every, all parties were thrilled with it See, and that's what made it accelerated the process for the everybody. I, I think that's very realistic and I I'm almost assuming that's what happened. Yeah. Um I wanna talk a little bit more about this, but let's take a quick break Listen, and we'll yeah. come back. All right, Landon. Um, one of the things that was really interesting to me when uh, Mike McCarthy was talking about Kellen Moore was that they're not going to change the language that they used last year in offense. Instead, McCarthy is going to adapt his schemes and his philosophy uh, and his terminology to what the Cowboys did last year. Uh, what did you think about that? Did that get you excited about what this Cowboys offense may look like in 2020? Well, what it ended up actually doing is really making my brain turn because now I'm starting to deconstruct my thought process of, well, do you think that I'm – let me back up. My The first thing that popped in my head was the question, well, how much did the language change from Scott Linehan to Kellen Moore? Because because that's that's – that's what I'm wondering because if if we're still going on a, uh, a pure Coriel you know language situation and and I wonder how much Kellen Moore brought in language that he learned from Peterson uh, you know at, at Boise State that he knows from, like his own personal playbook that he's kept as a you know as a just a guy who's a judicious quarterback who did the, you know probably keeps plays in a play 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 binder somewhere. I imagine, you know, if he, he's clearly had uh, the idea of being a coach someday. And so, you know, what, what's, if he could start his own offense separate of everything else, what would be, what would the, the, the language be for uh, a Kellen Moore? So, so I guess my, my question is, you know, going through and, and looking at, at, at McCarthy playbooks, at least from, you know, the, the ones that we could see online, that they've got some of his San Francisco playbooks, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the terminology, 
that I assume that the Cowboys use, and, and again, we don't really know for sure, but but some of the stuff that you know we've seen for like uh, you know for motions and that sort of naming the motions and that sort of thing, it seems very similar. You know, that like you know, like for example, for example, like they have a motion called zoom and they call it zoom because it's the z receiver who's in the motion so they in that sense yeah. they always name all their z emotions with the starting with the letter z z so they can know the z receiver can know hey you're the one in motion they, they it seems like both systems seem to do that so i guess what i guess i'm getting at is that i'm wondering how much is already kind of seeped, seeped into the playbook to a certain degree like yeah. just based on yep. west coast conce- concepts that kellen moore has so i i do wonder like is the is the how steep is the transition anyways? Could this be something that is actually kind of minor and and and, and Mike McCarthy is just you know simply defaulting to the few uh, uh, discrepancies just to be you know good for the players so the players don't have to kind of relearn you know a few. Well, you that's what I was going to say. Is you, you, you have Doug Neusmeier here. You have Kellen Moore, and you basically have the same offense. I feel like it's a little easier for Mike McCarthy to learn a couple different, you know, terminology and words than having, you know, thirty other people learn his. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, like for example, if, if they're, you know, the Coriel based system, especially when you talk about like route concepts and that sort of thing, they they do a numbering system, right? So, yep. uh, you know, that's very simple to learn. So if the, if the, if it's all about just kind of translating the things to still get the routes that you want, you can still call the routes with numbers just so that the players understand that and just, you know, use the, the route combinations that are required in West Coast. Maybe have a more West Coast mentality about uh, passing the ball on first down. That would be – I mean, just that alone would, would be a, a major change in how this offense operates and potentially one that could – make all the difference. I mean, just using the running back as a receiver in, in more interesting ways, you, you know, getting the short passing game going. I, I think these, you know, these are things that if they can figure out how to do, like that's enough with Kellen Moore in his second season uh, alone to make for major improvements, I think, in this offense. I, I would agree. That's why I'm pretty excited about what this offense could be under McCarthy. I think – it's certainly going to look somewhat similar to what we saw last year, but maybe the little tweaks uh, is what makes this offense a little bit more consistent. I'm curious to see how Prescott fits into maybe more West Coast offensive you know, philosophies and schemes. Uh, just a, a lot to be excited about and a lot to, for us to learn over the next couple months. Um, really quickly, Lana, before we talk about the defense, uh, Mike McCarthy said that the coaching staff will not be going to Mobile to watch the Senior Bowl uh, I jumped up and down when I heard this news. I thought it was fantastic uh, just because we've seen in the past how sometimes the coaching staff can get in there and mess up evaluations. And uh, I, I just want the scouts and the general manager to be able to do their job. Uh, what did you think about that news that the coaches won't be in the uh, won't be in Mobile this year? I mean, I think it's I think it's important. You know, I think I think it's important that they're not in Mobile because it first they have of all, so much other stuff to do. They have got tons of other stuff to do. I, I think you know if I'm you know, everyone's talking about the the why are the coaches meeting with the players? Why isn't McCarthy met with blah 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 blah? blah. Do you guys understand? I mean, we talked about this before Garrett got fired. All the things that have to change now. Like, they have to meet with the scouts and have in-depth conversations. And Will McClay talked about it on on, uh, on an interview with uh, with some of the Jam guys on, I think it was 105.3 The Fan. Uh, uh, you know, talked about the fact that 
uh, you know, they have to have long meetings with with the coaches and, and watch film together so they can talk about player types and archetypes yeah. of, of uh, physical prototypes for their for their new defense. For the I think for the offense, uh, you know, now that we know that we, what we know, maybe there's less of uh, having to learn on the offensive side, right? Maybe some changes in how, how they do use, you know. I would hope tight ends, uh, but but you know I, I think mostly the same there. But on defense, I, yeah. I think you know there's there could be some major changes there. So I, I think it's really important that the coaches uh, have been meeting with the scouts and doing all that up front immediately because the scouts now have to go be the ones going to the Senior Bowl, getting you know this information, looking at it through new, a new pair of glasses that have been provided to them by the coaches. Uh, and, and seeing you know the players through new filters, you know, and and and, and seeing them as uh, uh, you know uh, McCarthy players or as opposed to Garrett players or you know Nolan yep. players versus, uh, yep. versus Manelli players. So, anyways, I, I think it's important that they have these those meetings up front so the scouts can, can be allowed to do that because now the coaches have a whole other set of things that they need to get installed, you know, in, in, with their program. I mean, if if you want to get any kind of analytics stuff done. Obviously, this is now the time to get it done before we really get deep in the draft. So I'm right. thinking that that's they could be at home doing all that stuff. It sounds like they're going to be doing plenty of there's plenty of stuff for the coaching staff to do. And and again, the key thing here is and as mentioned, all of this is now available to these coaches. You know, remotely they can watch videos of practices, all the important stuff. All of it can be seen from them at the star. So there's not really a huge need for them to be there. Uh, outside of if they were the coaching staff, you know, I think that there is an yeah. extra level of of you know when when the, when you're the coaching team every year at the Senior Bowl, you get that extra level of hands-on experience, which is great. Uh, it, otherwise, you're just sitting in the stands and you're going to eat barbecue after practice. And I'll be honest with you, there's not. I mean, I love the Senior Bowl, but there's nothing during this week that'll you know is going to be drastically changing your opinion on a player, right? What's going to end up happening with these guys anyways is the scouts are going to put together the board, and then the coaches, when we get to late March, early April, they'll sit down and they'll start watching these guys in certain groups. So if they're looking for a receiver, they'll watch five receivers that could go between the third and fourth round, and then McCarthy might choose his favorite. Uh, that's what we're going to have happen here. They're not going to be the ones building the board. Uh, it, it's, it's fine. I'm not worried about them not being there at all. Um, let's take one more break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the defense. All right, Landon, McCarthy also talked a little bit about the Cowboys' defense in 2020. Uh, he said that they are going to stay as a 4-3 base, uh, but they're going to be multiple. They're going to look for players that don't fit a specific scheme, but that are just really talented players. They're going to try to uh, maybe get some different types of players in here that, that we haven't had in the past. But the big news was that they're going to stay with a four-man defensive line. Uh, how does that make you feel about this Cowboys' defense? Uh, excited. I mean, and, and actually, I think the thing you mentioned up front was the most important thing is that they're going to try to get a, a player kind of base mentality on acquiring skill and not try to, you know, pigeonhole to a scheme. That was the best thing I've heard from McCarthy, honestly, the entire time he's been the Cowboys coach right now. We're not going to try to fit our scheme or, you know, have a scheme that we're so, you know, just, you know, set on. They're going to, they're going to go out and find the most talented players. And then adapt their scheme to fit well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you go back to the difference between generally core Yale coaches and West Coast offenses coaches, is you know the West Coast they want a game plan, they want to individually attack teams. Uh, they're they're 
they are going to attack teams where there are weaknesses. They'll create weakness uh, and they'll exploit it. Um, you know, Coryell teams have historically, it's not just Jason Garrett, but lots of teams like that have created dominant forces that they w- wish to impose their will upon you. And, you know, and I think th- there's still a way to be physical in the West Coast offense without a doubt. But uh, I-, I think it's, you know, when you talk about, you know, game planning or altering to, to fit your opponent week to week uh, and getting players in position as opposed to, uh, you know, being smart and trying to trick teams, I guess, as opposed to necessarily, you know, having to use scheme and, and, and rely on, on, on just, you know, dog-headedly doing this yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, win this way. Yeah, yeah I, I think that what you'll find across the board is that they're going to try to be a little bit more creative uh, to try to problem-solve now as opposed to just enforcing their will, I guess. That's why I'm excited to see you guys like Demarcus Lawrence, who's always had to win, you know, one-on-one against the tackle. I would love to see a scheme that would, you know, put him against tight ends every once in a while. I, I mean, again, this is a proximity thing, but I watch Pittsburgh a lot, and as talented as T.J. Watt is, uh, Keith Butler here does a great job of scheming him to have one-on-one matchups with running backs and tight ends. I would love to see Mike Nolan do that with a Demarcus Lawrence, or see what they could do with Jalen Smith in certain packages as a blitzer. Or playing more aggressive. Uh, that's why I'm I'm excited about this defense. I, I think McCarthy realized the personnel on this team is set for a four-man front. Now maybe down the road they could potentially change that as they have you know several drafts and free agency and they start to acquire certain you know different pieces. But I think right now going into 2020, I think it does make sense to stay with a four-man front. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, look, I mean, and I think he even disputed the whole idea of 3-4 versus 4-3 as overrated it concepts. Matter. Especially when everyone's, that is the, the nickel defense nowadays. You know, nowadays, yep. I mean, really, base defense is what we used to call nickel. I mean, just yep. because that's the reality of how much teams are lining up in three receiver sets. So I think, yeah, at the end of the day, Unless you're lining up in kind of a 3-3 stack thing that you're seeing kind of in college football a little bit more nowadays, which, you know, maybe we'll start seeing some of that too. I, I don't know. But I think traditionally, you know, you're mostly dealing with, a, you know, a 4-2 situation when you're lining up in, in nickel and then lots of defensive backs behind them. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see. This is for a different podcast, but in college football, man, the base anymore, especially against spread teams, is a 3-2 with, you know, six defensive backs on the mm-hmm. field. I'm curious to see if we eventually go that way. We might still be a few years away from that, but uh, just something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, that's it for today's show. We got through a lot of news. Uh, we're going to be back next week. We'll be talking about the Senior Bowl, talking about some of the guys that uh, have impressed us. We'll continue to keep you guys updated with Cowboys news. Uh, make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Uh, rate us, review us on iTunes. Give us players to watch. Ask us questions. We check those reviews every single day. Uh, make sure you're doing that. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time.